Did you know when Superman first started in 1938, he couldn't fly? All that and more in today's episode. You are the curious, we are the curious audience. Welcome to the Curious Audience. I'm Luke Ryan, and today we are talking all things comic books and superheroes. I mean, we're in the age of the superhero. A world where most people on the planet could name their favorite three superheroes after seeing them in films and TV. With this popularity comes the re-emergence of the classic comic book shop as fans delve into their favorite character's backstory. When comic books began in 1938 with the first superhero Superman, comics were for everyone. And they contained collections of strips from the newspaper, descriptive stories, adult and horror themes. But as time progressed, comics began to mirror their time period. With the emergence of Captain America fighting Nazis during the Second World War. As America entered the space race, we saw the beginning of Marvel Comics and the Fantastic Four. Real characters with flawed experiences and relatable problems. As time went on, comics fell out of the mainstream and were typically read by the classic nerd or geek. But now in the 2000s, comic books aren't for your typical nerd anymore. With the popularity of superhero films, these grand superheroes, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman are finding new readers to explore their pages. In today's episode of The Curious Audience, I sit down with the owner of Fox and Panda Comic Book Shop to chat all things superheroes, comics, and the world of comic pop culture. Hey Anthony, thanks for chatting with me today. Hey Luke, how are you going? So Anthony, you've, you've got a comic book shop called Fox and Panda. How long have you had that for? Oh, uh, I, I started that back in 2014. Um, I left my job at Porsche, or just about to leave my job as a technician at Porsche, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a comic business, um, and basically it kicked off from from there. Uh, it really didn't officially kick off. I, I really think from 2015, you know, 2014 was finding, finding my legs, you know, starting a small business for the first time, um, was really scary. Uh, and sort of, you know, just had to sort of find where I was going. And it was 2015. That's when I think it really took off. So, you know, established, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's like right in the middle, I guess, almost towards the end of the Marvel, um, what's it called, Infinity phase. So you would have kind of got all of that build up and popularity that those movies generated. And then you would have, you, you had your comic book stop during um, like Endgame and Infinity War. What were, what were customers and sales like during those times? Well, like it, it was, it's good. Um, it's, you know, like obviously, yeah, that I think it was a really good time to open it because, uh, not only was it something I was passionate about that I've always wanted to sort of, you know, had an idea to do, but it, it was a good time where a lot of people had found their, you know, who they really liked as a character, you know, they started going, I want to know about this character a little bit more. And comic shops were a little bit like people were like, Hey, you can, 
go to a place called a comic shop. Like these things <laughs> exist. Um, you know, even though we were online, um, it was really cool because uh, we got to go to, you know, even some conventions, which was, you know, just a different world with it all. And, um, and basically people got to see, you know, who we were uh, in the flesh as well as being online as well. So, um, yeah, sales were good, you know, I have to say. Sales were really, you know, like it was people just wanted – I think everyone just wanted to grab something, wanted yeah. to start somewhere. So, you know, people who – you had customers that were obviously people who loved comics since, you know, before the the Marvel phases um, that were, you know, keen just to buy some comics uh, then you had people who were just getting into it, you know, some people that had their arm twisted from their best friend to say, <laughs> you have to watch this and, um, you know, you have to watch Iron Man, you have to watch this and uh, they'll go, okay, and then they go, wow, I really like this. I might buy a book, you know, I might, you know, buy a comic. Um, it was more graphic novels, I have to yeah. say. Graphic graphic novels was big and I have to say it's the perfect, like, sort of starting point for anyone, you know, mm. not too sure on what to do and, you know, um, you, you like a character, it's like go grab a graphic novel. You get like either a standalone story or you get a couple of issues in and you can sort of have a good read of that character and also to find out if you really enjoy them, you know. So um, I found graphic novels was a big thing back then. And you usually know? you don't need to know too much backstory with most of the graphic novels, you know. You can pick up the Infinity War or the, the Infinity Saga uh, graphic novel and get a whole sense of what the the original story of that was which would feed into your love of the movies yeah it was you know and that's the thing like yeah you would have like a whole set story so you know picking up a single issue if you missed one you know or you're trying to find one and you're like hey i picked up a set and oh they're missing 17 and 18 and mm-hmm. yeah it's sort of it's like you know missing a chapter out of a book it's like, oh, I've got this book and I'm missing chapter seven. <laughs> you know, I don't know I don't know what happened. So yeah. a graphic novel is like having, you know, just that whole book. And uh, even, yes, they do have them in volume one, volume two, or you can get an omnibus. That's just everything, um, you know. So you, you had a lot to go with. And a, and a graphic novel, I just, you can't go wrong. Like, I think the only thing is, is you got to make sure that um, you get the right, obviously, if there's two different characters or sorry, the same character with two different sort of title names, you know, like Spider-Man. Oh, Someone yeah. might pick up the wrong Spider-Man, you know, go, I've got volume one and the volume two is way different. And you're like, oh, you've picked up the wrong the wrong title, yeah. you know. I, I have had that before where someone's come to a convention going, you know, this is number two for this one, right? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a different story, you know. that's a, And so you sort of save them before they, you know, go, oh, I just bought the wrong comic. But, um, but no, uh, it is good. It is a great starting point for them or anyone that just wants to get into it. And I guess with graphic novels too, you've got that sturdiness to them. You Because they're just books, there isn't that external value to them that there is with, with single issues. Um, I think also we see nowadays with, with those single issues, a lot of people seeking out those key issues or those first appearances and really, I mean, the protection of them has almost gone to an extreme level. Like I remember when I first started collecting, it was, you must put them in bags and then it became bags and boards. And now it's, you must get them graded and sealed in plastic. And how how do you feel about all that? Oh, like... Uh, yes, I, I agree. Um, even for someone as myself, like, you know, there's been, I found out, you're probably going to laugh at this as well. I was, um, you know, you would think that you when you get them in a comic box as well, you stack them in, you know, you, know, you just stack them forward ways. There's people saying that you have to stack them um, 
face and back, face and back, so oh. it doesn't let the <laughs> the spine sort of twist. And I'm like, wow, that's like next level um, in stacking. You know, very not good for people trying to flick through because it's forward and back. Yeah. But um, I yeah, I totally agree. Um, I always I always bagged and boarded. I I just you know was one that when I see a combo, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just get bags and boards, you know, um, where, yeah, it's true. Like even then I would have them sitting when I was younger and I look back and going, Ooh, that was bad. You know, like I, I, you know, I had them more in sunlight and they weren't supposed to be in sunlight, which would fade a cover or anything. And, and then as you grow, or, you, know, you grew older to sort of go, Oh yeah, you got to make sure that there's not like something sitting on the comic or there's, you know, not anything, um, that could possibly like damage it or any way. Yeah. Um, and yes, in grading has grading has definitely increased over the past couple of years. You know, um, it's, it's a become a big whirlwind of, I think that's actually up their game as well. Grading. When you used to look at first real first comics that were graded, it was very basic. You know, it was very, the look of them weren't not the best, but you know, they were, they were very average. And now when you look at a new, graded comic you look at it and go wow that's really presented well and it looks you know it looks really good and you can sit that up on a mantle and people go wow that that looks that looks like a nice sort of display um of a comic you know so um i think yeah graded comics is something you know a lot of people it, i think it will keep going you know i don't think it will ever sort of slow down um especially now with people mm-hmm. understanding the true value you know Grading's a really interesting dynamic, I, I feel, because, you know, you think about, say, the very first Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy. Now, if you ever came across that book, you'd want to get it sealed in plastic. No air would ever touch that thing <laughs> just because it is so rare. But we're seeing, or well, I'm seeing in the various YouTube channels and things that I read, people are getting more modern books graded, um, even, even like uh, first appearances of characters but they're never actually going to see the frames that that character appears in. You know, they, they get it graded yeah. and unless that character's on that front cover, it's it's a book where they're never going to see the first appearance. Yeah, it, it does. Look, it does. It does take away the... Um the enjoyment of reading it. But even then, like if you, if you, if you're all about the value, you know, I know there's a lot of people that's about the value. You've got to keep the prestige, want to get a 9.8, you know? Um, and look, um, it's amazing. Uh, you know, a 9.8 in a first appearance for a character could be worth say $800. But then if it's a 9.6, it could be only worth 200 or $300. And you go, wow, just for, 0.2 it's dropped so much yeah um and it's it's literally that like you know you sort of go that's where a lot of people be like yeah gotta have a perfect i won't ever open it or I'll buy a second comic uh one to read and enjoy and one to sort of grade and keep <laughs> as a perfect one yeah. uh, look i am guilty of that myself i have bought two when i'm like this one's never going to get touched that's going to sit in a in a box and it'll, you know because it's just such a beautiful cover um and there's other ones where I'm like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll read it and, and I'll close it back up mm-hmm. and I won't, you know, look at it for a long time um, or I'll go back if I want to read it. I think the internet has a big thing to do with this because, you know, when they start putting comics online, you can kind of research, you know, if you wanted to see a couple of panels, you can see them online now, you know, yeah. which does take, the, I think, personally, a little bit of the enjoyment of opening a book. Um, I'm one of those people that, like, I'd rather hold a book in my hand and, read it online there's just something about it um yeah and the same 
Yeah, it, you just can't beat it. I think there's also too it's the smell of the paper, the smell of the you know that the book and the you know like in mm. I don't know it's just the feel of it. Um, I just don't think you can ever be replaced with a with an online platform. But it's not saying that online comics isn't good. You know, it's great if you don't if you don't have the sort of facility to hold comics. You know, and you don't have a lot of room. Online comics is great because then you can just jump on a tablet sit on the couch, flick through and still read your favorite character. So, um, I've got, yeah, I think that's still a good option, but, um, greater comics being sealed. Yeah. Once it's done, you've got that number. If you've got a 9.8, you, if you crack the case, that's it. It loses its 9.8. You have to get it regraded again. So, you know, I think, um, you'd want to sort of make sure that you've had a good look at it and, you know, before you get it graded. But even then, if you're worried about the number and worried about the value and the overall outcome, you wouldn't want to touch it. You would want to keep it all nice and closed off. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, really. You know, do you get to enjoy your comic? Do you want to get that value? Do you want to get that, you know, that grading score with it? I guess, um, really, if you if you love your character, you know, you're going to read that comic. Yeah. Um, if, if it's for me, if it's going to be like that, you know, um, that first appearance where you're like, yeah, I, I want that one graded and I want it to be really, really good. Then I will try to keep it as clean as possible, you know, and yeah. out of sunlight, you know, out of sunlight, put them stored away, buy a plastic case for it, you know, um, you know, get a feather, start, you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> get the white gloves and white yeah, gloves. Yeah. Um, yeah, the work. So I think, you know, those people who do decide to grade their comics, it's, I wonder if they are making the the decision consciously or subconsciously that I'm doing this because it's now an investment. You know, I've I've read it once or twice, I've gotten that enjoyment out of it, but now I see there's value and at some point I'm going to sell it or someone's going to sell it or it'll just be like that heirloom that gets passed down and continues to grow in value. I totally agree with the whole investment in making it. Um so I did, I've been doing a bit more research because I'm wanting to get a lot more comics graded for the store so people can get nice, you know, some nice com- classic comics and, you know, they can have it already pre-graded and they can buy it from the store, which is something we're looking into um, just with obviously COVID, the shipping yeah. and everything. Yeah, I, that put a big dampener on my plans this year for that. I have a, a whole section ready to be graded. I'm just waiting. So, you know, um, until that time, but Yes. Um, a perfect example is if you can, uh, we have a system that we can have a look on that can check a, like a comics graded number. And with CGC, you can actually see how many of that same comic has been graded. Um, a good one is I've actually got one, um, here, which was the first appearance of cable, but is a second printing. Um, so the first appearance of cable, uh, is, a red background um and the second appear the sorry the second printing is of a gold background it actually i personally think the second printing cover looks prettier the gold is actually quite nice (laughs) um but obviously yes the first printing is more valuable uh i checked on the c and a perfect example is that i checked to see how many there were and i think there was three thousand of those ones graded um, and then I checked it again a couple of months later and it went to 5,000. Wow. So I, I can't tell you exact months, but it was, it was a bit of time and it was this year mm. as well that I had a look and I was like, I'm like, Oh, I want to see how many of these were graded. And I was like, Oh wow, that's a high number. And then I had a look again, you know, just 
out of curiosity and it jumped and I was like, wow, that is a big number. Like, you know, that's a, and I genuinely think that a lot of people might have bought maybe 10, 10 plus of the comics, you know, um, get them all graded and sell them individually. You know, that is something that a lot of people do, mm. um, you know, the investment side of things. It's the same thing with Pokemon, Pokemon cards, with PSA cards, that has been booming as well. So people have been getting all their collection individually graded in those cards. So they're in the same platform in the way that people will literally get it graded so they can sell it, you know. I think comic book fans now are starting to work out the market and they can – you know, look at um, the lineup of DC films and, and Marvel films and go, okay, this character is possibly coming. I'm going to get the first appearance of this one or and have that ready to sell it again once that character finally comes out. I mean, the, the perfect example is um, Spider-Man's Miles Morales, which is yeah. slowly becoming more and more popular. His first cameo appearance has been one of the biggest selling comics in the last probably month, got it getting astronomical numbers. And it's only going to get worse as, well, only going to get more valuable as PlayStation 5 comes out with its game and we get a, another Miles movie. And people are- I, I totally agree. My, I think, honestly, though, Miles is a bit... Uh, it was, it's actually very interesting. He did not get a lot of good response when he first came out, mm. when he initially first came out. I think a lot of people, because at that time in the comics, they technically killed Peter Parker. And that was like, you know, they were just like, oh, we killed Peter Parker and he have his miles. And I think they didn't realize how they did it. Um, and I was even saying to my partner about it because a lot of people like, and she even asked, like, you know, was he's been around for a while. And I'm like, yeah the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie really just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I honestly think if they led with that first, boom, you know, like that would have been like from the beginning, you know, I think a lot of people didn't take to it and it was just more out of anger because it was just like, you killed Peter Parker. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like why, why did you kill Peter Parker? Like, you know, um, in saying that though, you know, I think in, if anyone knows the Clone Saga War, you know, in <laughs> yeah. the whole Spider-Man, they would know all of that drama. But, um, you know, it was – I think people just weren't happy with – you know, and it's the same thing. I think they fell under the same banner as, like, Superman fans. Uh, when they, Like, when Superman has a new movie, they always sometimes find a little bit of way to critique it and sort of go, this Superman didn't do this or this Superman was too yeah. – boring this superman's too destructive and is you know you sort of go well you know you got to sort of adjust with it all and i think it was great when they brought out miles um i think it was really good and i just i, I think it blew up the moment spider-verse came into it and yeah. you know i i remember watching that and i was just like wow like that was great you know i was just blown away from the animation and you're right, when the when the PS5 game launches, I think people are going to be able to play that character and fall even more in love with him. Mm-hmm. So he, I think, is going to be a pinnacle point where I will see his value go up um, in a lot of items. And I think that's good. You know, Spider-Man is, you know, um, if you go to Japan, Japan loves Spider-Man, you know. So um, I think, you know, that character itself is just sort of iconic, um, I think if you had to pick Marvel's iconic character, would would be 
I think Spider-Man, you know, like as much as everyone says Iron Man and Thor and Captain America because of the movies, um, I think even before that, you know, Spider-Man was such an iconic character for Marvel. Um, so Miles, I think taking that mantle is fantastic. And he's, he's just, the, the character is sort of just going to grow, you know, it's just going to keep growing. So, um, but you are right. There's going to be more, I think, coming like new characters. I think they announced Silk, the movie, yeah. the spider the Spider Girl um, movie Sony was announcing. Yeah, directed by Scarlett Johansson, or, or she's working so. on it, or something like that. Yeah, that that to be honest with you, is I'm still looking into just the the what's happening with that. I felt like that came out of the like the blue. It was just like we're we're making this movie, and I was like, oh wow, okay, <laughs> I, I haven't even had a chance to sort of you know see. They just said Spider Girl, so we don't even know. It could be even that could be code. That could be Jessica Drew, like Spider yeah. Woman, the red and the orange, oh, not the orange, the, the red and the um, yellow, mm. you know, that can be Jessica Drew, and I'll be excited for that. Like, I'm a big fan of Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. Um, yeah, you know. it could be more exploration into Spider-Gwen. Yes, I don't know. yeah, they yeah. Could, it could be, you know, they just said Spider-Girl, and technically that could be anything, <laughs> anything, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, I've even seen the first appearance of Silk um, go up in yeah. value straight away. You know, because they're like, oh, we announced a movie and it's just gone. Well, you mentioned a moment ago, um, you know, Spider-Man's death. And that's something that comic book character, uh, comic book creators keep doing is they they find new ways to, I guess, get new viewers, get new new readers and provide that starting point for, for new people to jump in and get it fresh. You know, we've seen probably one of the biggest storylines when it comes to a, a hero's death is superman's death and they've done it you know with so many other uh characters and other times uh what do you think are kind of the biggest and longer lasting changes that they've made to characters that, that really redefine that character yeah um i again superman would be a was a big one um you know when he when they did that it made news headlines like you know mm. um when they when they did do that and it, it did open the floodgates of like a lot of people uh you know sort of got were like oh hold on you can you can kill your superhero like this is you can do that like you know isn't it the superhero saves the day and um and that sort of it's a good it's a good actually um point with uh spider not spider gwen sorry but gwen stacy um when she died in Spider-Man, um, you know, in the comics, when she died, uh, it was, that was a turning point for that actually gave us the dark Knight with Frank Miller, um, which was an amazing story, you know? So when they said that, like, Hey, the superhero couldn't save the day and that female character could die. Um, you know, it like Frank Miller opened up to be like, Hey, we can make like a really dark Batman comic. Um, you know, Alan Moore with Swamp Thing, you know, like just going really dark. I think more DC took a lot. DC went really dark, and I was like, <laughs> we can be really dark with this. Yeah. Um, well, especially with Batman's it, it villains, up. he leads himself to that dark, dark uh, comic. Yeah, and um, I think that was a big change. Is like the Killing Joke. Um, you know, the Killing Joke was a massive, you know, like uh, turn point for the Joker. You know, uh, with Barbara Gordon. Um, you know, like it just. I think it's it's good in a way that they they do do it because then you know they allow the story to sometimes restart unfortunately though um just like anything politically in the comic world 
if a writer doesn't do too well in their story and the sales aren't going well, you find that sometimes the comic run will just end. Mm. And sometimes the easiest way to do it is like, and they died, you know, like, and it was, you know, or yeah, we're going to disembark the team or they just don't finish the run. Um, you know, I have seen that and that can be frustrating <laughs> in a business side of things where you're trying to get comics in and you're trying to sort of go now, you know, when they change it, it can be frustrating because mm. then you're like, okay, that's a new title we need to get a hold of. Um, but as a reader, I think it's good because then, you know, a young reader can jump in and see a new story arc, you know, and sort of say like, um, Superman start, you know, they restarted him. Um, you know, even Batman when it was like battle for the cow, um, you know, when Batman sort of gave up the mantle, even at one mm. point Batgirl when, you know, she, um, uh, out of, um, the killing joke and she became paralyzed when the Joker, you know, sort yeah. of shot her. Um, and she became Oracle, I believe. Um, you know, she was bound to the wheelchair. Um, you know, like that was like their, their turning points. Like, you know, Dick Grayson got to step into the cow, you know, like, um, you know, those people that were able to take up the mantle, like Stephanie Brown getting to become Batgirl, you know, like, and just other things that can happen um, in that comic, you know, sort of storyline. Mm. Um, I think one for Marvel, uh, a, a, a big change would have been actually Iron Man. Um, Iron Man, because of the movies, did saw his popularity. Um, and a lot of people actually thought Iron Man was a robot, um, not an actual character. Um, so Iron Man changed because if you have a look, um, look, Robert Downey Jr. shaped that character. Mm. If you look at if you look at Tony Stark, how he was before, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. got it perfect. But now when you look at how they draw Iron Man, it's it's Robert Downey Jr. You know, it's yeah, they're channeling that film. Yeah, so that's a big change, and that wasn't even a death. That was a you know a comic that was a movie that happened and they changed it which changed the story for them um i think like wolverine as well you know the when they did the death of wolverine um and also with x23 like letting her take the mantle yeah um which was really cool i think uh i think superheroes should be allowed to die it sounds really grim. Sorry for 2020 the, the <laughs> like it says um i think superheroes should be allowed to die because then um, you've got it. It's just like a natural life and death sort of thing, you know. Like just like with with us in the natural world, you know. You know unfortunately, people grow old and they can't keep doing what they're doing anymore, you know. And it gives a chance for the reader to have a young generation to sort of go, you know. Oh, I, I, like for me, I grew up with um, Bruce Wayne, you know. And then maybe you know my kids might be like, oh, I grew up with Tim Drake. You know, and I grew up with Jason Todd, you know, yeah. as becoming the Batman and, you know, and then they can throw back. And if they want to go, hey, I want to read about Bruce Wayne, they can pick up an older novel that could be redone, you know. So I think if they do, you know, I think it would be a cool idea if they sort of kept like a official timeline. Uh, oh, pardon me. Um, you know, I think uh, Damien is 13 years old and I don't think he's changed in the past couple of years like they haven't allowed him to grow it's sort of the simpson mentality yep. with maggie <laughs> you know um so i think that would be a big thing if they did that and allowed maybe a character to pass on whether it be a glorious battle you know like superman and doomsday or you know um or bane and batman you know like when you know mm. bane you know sort of broke his back 
um, goal-defying moments, you know, and you go, wow, that, that happened. You know, like that, you know, you, the reader would open it up and be in shock. Um, you know, sometimes in comics, they, the reader will open up and be like, oh, no, he died. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or even you like, know he's going to be back a couple of months later. Yeah. You're like, I pre-ordered the next comic and it's got his face on it. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a good point. Uh, but also too, I think they should have some sort of way that it's a defying moment because then people can be drawn to it and sort of have that chance to sort of have a bit of remorse for that character, you know, like, and go, well, he, he did well and he, he's not here anymore. You know, maybe I might explore another character, mm. you know. Um, well, one yeah. thing they are exploring a lot more in comics now is they're moving away from that kind of over-sexualized female hero. You know, we used to see a lot of um, Wonder Woman and Miss Marvel and Power Girl, whereas really overly sexualized. The features were huge and the suits were skimpy and things like that. And now we're seeing that. You know, Miss Marvel, I think, is a teenage Indian girl now. Um, oh, I think she's Muslim. Muslim. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah. I haven't read that cover. But, yeah, like the fact that, I mean, she's even wearing more clothes than the previous Miss Marvel. And Captain Captain Marvel is completely fully dressed and yeah. drawn more anatomically correct. Um, do you see that they're trying to reach a different audience now? I, yeah, I think it's also, too, it's good in the way that, like, you know, look, you've got characters that, yes, like Power Girl, um, you know, where features were very much, you know, um, you know, accentuated in that, you know, and, you know, it would draw, you know, sort of different type of readers to come in. But also, too, you know, they did do that sort of it, – it's sort of showing – with Marvel, they, they're targeting a lot of young readers, and I think it's really good because then it's sort of showing, it's like, hey, like, you know, you don't have to sort of, you can, like, this is a superhero. She doesn't have to sort of wear basically nothing, you know, you know, she can, you know, she, you know, she wants, she wants to wear armor or this is her clothing, you know, this is what she wants to wear, you know. And I think that's great because, like, it's sort of also too, there was that joke running around with um, video games uh, where they'll say, like, in the video games, they would have the, um, the character of the medieval guy and he's got a full suit of armor and then they have the girl and she's only got like a little metal plate and a little metal plate across the top. And they're like, Oh yeah, this is her armor. And I'm like, ah, that's not going to be, be protective at all, you know? Um, but when you think about it, they're fighting crime, you know, they're fighting, you know, they're fighting crime. They're fighting bad guys. You know, like me personally, if I was fighting bad guys, I'd be dressed up like Iron Man or Batman, you know, like I would be in a full suit of armor. Mm -hmm. I would want, you know, padding and protection. Like, Let's be realistic about this. Like any sort of skin exposed is a is a weak spot, you yeah. know. Really, to you know, uh, a villain or a creature that's got a claw, that, you know, or anything. Um, but yeah, no, I think they have. Marvel has definitely they're targeting younger readers, so I've, I've noticed that they've done that, and I think that's a great thing. DC on the fence, I think sometimes if you see some of their characters, you know, they they change it, you know, to and from. They do have. They, they are generally a darker comic, you know, mm-hmm. like there is the, the younger reader, Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, which is very targeted to the younger audience. But I feel like DC also to target to the adult audience as well um, a lot. Uh, and then you have your independence, which they will have 
you know, no clothes on the car, you know. <laughs> Their own rules. Um, yeah, I, I remember at a convention, I had an independent box of comics and there was a couple of uh, comic covers where they were a little bit raunchy and uh, young kids re- like flicking through and he's like, mom, can I have this one? And I'm, and I'm like, oh, this is, I'm like, no, no, not that one, you know, because that's a, <laughs> not age appropriate, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, like, you know, a lot of independent comics uh, like Image and Dark Horse, you know, um, will still have a bit more of a, you know, sexualized cover you know um the darkness um uh oh um not which uh, there's i've just gone mental blank but there's a female version of the darkness and she's very much always got like very much like a bikini sort of metal metallic bikini is it on. like a vamp- vampire something vampire oh there's vampirilia which is um yep. yeah she's got the very much you know looks like a borat outfit oh, yep. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh on there you know red sonia uh red yeah. sonia is literally metal plates in a bikini you know um so they still i feel like they're still doing it they're, mm. they're like nah we don't care you know dude, we're just gonna draw it the way it is you know um but in when you look at it you look at like their size of a company compared to marvel and dc like marvel also too is now with disney so Disney have very high standards yep. in the way that things can be portrayed, you know. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. That, that's why a lot of Marvel toned down as well with it, mm-hmm. um, with their characters. You mentioned um, conventions a moment ago, and I imagine like all of these characters that we've just talked about, you've probably seen in the flesh through cosplay during conventions. What, what's it like to be at those events now with all these popular movies out? Yeah, it's look, it, you know, I still remember my first convention, um, like it was yesterday, um, nervous, trembling, you know, sort of going, uh, I, literally. So I started the business in 2014 and, uh, I got a message from one of the guys from Oz Comic Con saying, we stumbled across your website. Wow. Can you come down? We'd love to have you at Oz Comic Con. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> is this a prank like you know so you know and uh, they're like no it's not it's real you know and and i was absolutely blown away so when i entered that world of the convention and seeing everything there and being able to you know like you've got your little comic store set up and you see all these cosplayers coming through and you know i think it's a really cool um it's a cool feeling you know you see one of your favorite characters and you go oh you know like um recently last year it was spider gwen uh, there was a really popular cosplayer um, who dresses um, Spider Gwen. You know, I was just like, oh my god, I need to have a photo because you know <laughs> your costume looks amazing. Um, and you get to see some really cool creative ideas as well. Um, my favorite is like I like my out of the favorite, like my out of the box thinking sort of cosplays. Like there was Hulk Dad, which was um, <laughs> you know Dad just you know did Dad just wearing um, shorts in a green paint. Yeah. And he kept saying, like, oh, dad always hungry. And, you know, he was pushing the kids in a pram. And, you know, I laughed and I loved it. And he laughed, you know, like he just, you can just tell that's a great little, you know, an effortless cosplay, mm. you know. Um, but, yeah, no, then there's people that like, you know, um, like amazing cosplayers uh, that go above and beyond, you know. Well, like a favorite of mine is um, like Cosplay Chris, who does like The Witcher, The Nightmare Batman. Um, you know, like the suits and like the Superman suit, they look like they look like they just came off the movie set, yeah. you know, and you sort of go, Oh my god, that's amazing. Like, how did you do that? You know, There's so much um, talent in some of these people. 
Yeah, and then you see him walking in real life, and you go, "Oh, like someone get it? Like, is this? Is there a camera? Like, this is like this is Batman. Batman's just walked past me, you know? <laughs> like, um, I think also too, a real touching thing is when you see kids um, react to their heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, you know, it hits me a little bit in a soft spot, and you see like a little girl dressed as Wonder Woman, and then she sees like an, a Wonder Woman you know, walk by and she begins to see her looking up going like, oh, that's my hero. You know, I think that's something that's, you know, you can never be, you know, like I think that's something really cool that, you know, people look up and they, it's like they get to see their hero in real life, yeah. you know. Um, sometimes at a convention, they might see their hero 400 times in real life because, <laughs> like, you know, but like it's just, uh, you know, it's a real cool feeling when you sort of see someone and you see this little boy or little girl and they dress up as Batman or Spider-Man or Wonder Woman and then they look up and they say, like, that's Batman, you know, like, wow. you know, yeah, it's a cool yeah. – it, that I think is really cool, you know, um, probably a highlight for me, you know, with that. That's very sweet. I Yeah, I can imagine anything with kids is usually just heart melting, so, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was actually a little kid that wanted to buy a – a Batman comic and it was his first Batman comic. Um, and like, you know, obviously, you know, he, he came over and he had this bag of money and he just sort of like, here, yeah, sir, like, I'd like to buy this comic, please. And, and, uh, I was talking to his dad and he's like, Oh, that's his first comic. And I was like, Oh, Oh my God. Like, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, okay, hold on a second. I gave him a little Batman gift. Cause I was just like, if this is if Batman's your favorite, I'm like, here you go. You know, I'm like, you know, welcome to the world of comics and thank you for, you know, buying it for the first time with us, you know, like, and he was dressed as Batman and then, you know, like, oh, oh that's a pretty cool thing, you know, um, and, and it was a customer of ours that would uh, buy and came back again and, you know, but it was really cool just to sort of see that moment, you know. That's amazing. And to think because of that book, he started now collecting yeah. or, or reading stories and sharing it with his dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool, you know. Um, before we finish up today, I wanted to ask, I ask a lot of comic book people this, um, you know, you collect just like me, what's your grail comic? What's that book that, you know, you want to own one day to add to your collection? How much time do you have? No, uh, <laughs> Too many. Uh, um, look, I, okay. Um, I, I have a, I have two categories. I have realistic. Yep. And I have unrealistic. Um, I'll start with unrealistic. Uh, Detective Comics 27, 1939, the first appearance of Batman. You know, like you can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that yellow and red and, you know, like in the comic and it's just the way it was drawn, you know, like that's cool. Like I think that would be my ultimate. Gra- Look, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, because I stumbled across the first appearance of Superman, like, you know, in Action Comics number one. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, 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 Batman only. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, w- I would definitely be grabbing that with two hands. And same with Spider-Man. I think, for me, Batman was a big part. And it, it sort of rubs off on the two realistic ones, um, which would be the first appearance of um, Batgirl. Okay. Which was uh, Batman uh, 139, 1961. Um, and then also to the first appearance of Venom, which would be The Amazing Spider-Man 300. A classic cover which has been homaged by a lot of other comics as well you know so i think just because of the classic cover um of spider-man like swinging through in the black suit it just looks awesome um you know 
Uh, but like for me, I love Batman and I really do like uh, the female superhero, like Batgirl and, you know, like and Catwoman, um, you know, like I do, I do love them, you know, like I, I think uh, Batman obviously paved the way for Batgirl as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, the unrealistic one would always be the first appearance of Batman. Um, so could you give our maybe- listeners a guide on like how, how much would those three comics you listed be worth? Like obviously the, the first Batman would be thousands upon thousands. I'm, I'm going to tell you a little um, horror story. I was offered the Amazing Spider-Man 300. It was a 9.8, and this guy was like, "Oh, you know, I'll sell it to you for like 300 dollars." Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, "I don't know." He's like, "Come on, man!" Like, "Oh no, it was 350." And he's like, "Oh, 300 is my lowest I'll go." And I'm like, "Ah, ah, ah!" I never bought it. Um, just because I was like, never like, you know, I was learning grading comics, and, and you know. Um, and then now it's like well over a thousand to sort of get, you know, one of those. So, you know, a little bit of me is like kicking myself to sort of say I should have got it then. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I think, cause I know the last auction for action comics went for 2 million for wow. number one. Um, I think Batman was up into the million. He did hit the million with it. So, you know, and granted, look, you know, you could probably find a, you know, a, a one or two grade out of the 10 for probably a hundred thousand, you know, like or something <laughs> like that, which would be crazy because the comics probably fall falling apart. And yeah. it's like, yeah, there's a hundred grand, but you'd probably want, even if you got like a five, you're probably looking for, you know, a couple, you know, a couple hundred thousand for that Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, the, it's different though. Like in Australia, we didn't get a lot. So, you know, like there's stories of people stumbling across, the first appearance of these grail comics in a garage sale Can you imagine you know? wow yeah so for us it's really hard to sort of find something like that but um i hope that one day that when this all goes over covid i can go for a bit of a a tour in america and find some grail comics around you know um but yeah and back i think is about 1300 if i'm not mistaken that's pretty good so yeah yeah i think i think 1300 last time i checked I think, you know, it could be 700, depends, you know, yep. it depends on obviously the grading number. Um, I actually haven't looked at her stats recently. I haven't actually seen of her pop up lately. So, you know, I think they're holding, they're being in hiding a little bit, uh, okay, yeah. you know. So they, they would be the prices, um, you know, and look, to stumble across one, you know, you know, in, you know, what, in a vintage <laughs> little antique shop and you're like, Hey, what's that comic? And you look at it, it would be amazing. But, um, yeah, a lot of people now know the values of them. So a lot of people would get it professionally done. Um, you know, so, you know, and also too, we offer that service as well. If someone doesn't know, I think, um, you know, if someone wants to sort of talk about a comic, you know, we're happy to sort of, um, try and talk about like, if they're curious about a, a value of a comic, um, you know, we'll help with that as well. My Grail comics are Spider-Man titles, so I, I would love Amazing Spider-Man one two one and one two two. So it's the yeah. the death of Gwen Stacy and then the death of the Green Goblin. Um, I think they're somewhere just under a thousand dollars each for decent copies, but yep. I could never justify buying it because you'd so you'd be so scared to even read it. You know, I I couldn't grade it because you'd want to read those pages and see that you know, that panel with Spider-Man cursing the Green Goblin. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, if you bought it and like somehow your kid got it and just started? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I would be like, what kid? Yeah. I don't have a kid anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are um, not my son. <laughs> yeah. You're not my, <laughs> it'd be like, the, it would be the Star Wars scenario, but opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, sorry, son. <laughs> I'm not your father. <laughs> Go. Um, no, I would, I'd totally be scared as well. I think, I think the scariest thing would be offered that chance to buy it and then especially during a time like now where shipping is delayed and everything's held up and you would hope that it doesn't get damaged. I think, you know, um, it would be a bit on edge. So I could only imagine, you know, just getting in your hands, you'd probably be like, get the foam gloves, get the white gloves, get, you know. Um, so yeah, if, make sure. if our listeners wanted to get their hands on some of the graphic novels and the, the comics we've talked about, um, where can they find your comic book shop? Oh, um, yeah, it uh www.foxandpandacomics.com um you can we're on instagram and we're on facebook as well um instagram at fox and panda comics um and facebook just at fox and panda uh, but yeah you can jump online our stores up and running 24 7 um you know there's nothing like an online store you can shop at six o'clock in the afternoon, you can shop at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're strictly online. We were going to do conventions this year, but obviously a lot of things have been on hold. So, um, you know, hopefully here's high hopes for next year. Yep. Um, Fingers crossed yeah, for 2021. Yeah. For 2021. So yeah, um, we're, we're generally active as well. So if you do contact us, um, uh, if you want to contact us by email as well, it's uh, foxandpanda at outlook.com. Nice. Excellent. Well, thanks for chatting yeah. comic books with me today, Anthony. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. You know, um, you know, hey, talking comics anytime. You know, so. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks a lot. Thanks. This podcast was produced for Tumdrum Media by Luke Ryan.